The title of my message today is Finding Your Song. To find your song. Praise his holy name. Most of our verses were from Psalms. And, you know, the book of Psalms, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, they're actually a songbook. They're the lyrics. They were written as songs for worship of God. For the, for the people of God. Those songs speak to the reader. Fact is, you know, the New Testament, over half of its references comes from the Psalms. The Psalms teach us what to sing about. Absolutely. The Psalms virtually cover every spectrum of life. You need to find a song. A psalm for your day. Yes. In this, you can read a psalm. You can pray a psalm. You can sing a psalm. You can recite a psalm. You can listen to a psalm. We need to make soundtracks of the songs. In our mind, in our spirit, or a library somehow of the worship of the Lord. We live in a negative society, a fallen world. And yet Paul writes and says that we need to rejoice in the Lord always. There needs to be a singing. There needs to be a song. There's one thing about it that our God is a God of song. He's a God who loves music. He's a God who loves to be worshipped. The world was created to the sound of music. Think about it. Job said this. The morning stars sang together at creation. And all those that were accompanying it, they shouted for joy. When Jesus was born, there was a heavenly host that accompanied the announcement. When you open the book of Revelation and you peer into the heavenlies of what's going on right now and for eternity, you will listen to, you know, an atmosphere that is filled with song. Now, when I say song, you know, I'm not always talking about singing or that which accompanies with melody. But something that speaks of who he is, the amazing things that he has done, and the hope and the promise that lies, you know, in our covenant with, with God. Martin Luther said this, next to the word of God, 
Music deserves the highest praise. It's so powerful. It's so influential. There are 66 books in the Bible, as you know, but the longest book is dedicated to song. The hymnal for the people of Israel. They would sing the song. Yes, they would. What you will notice in the psalm, in the song that God is talking about, God preserved the words of the song, but not the melody of the song. He did not preserve the melody of the song because it's the word that's important to God. The, the realm of, of the, 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 the melody is simply a matter of personal preference. And if you have been, you know, in the world, I mean, it, it changes in the world and it changes in the church. The musical layout changes. God, excuse me, but God has given us a songbook so that we can have a song for any given day. You understand in me? He didn't give songs to be fought over. No. It's the words of the song and the heart of the singer or the expresser that makes it have a musical tone to God. Thank you, Lord. Wonder how many may have lost their song. A song for every kind of day. A song for every kind of day. Again, I remind you that I'm not talking about a melody laden. Although if that works for you, if that's best for you, great. Some of you shouldn't sing. (laughs) You'd be better off repeating it like a a poem. But the power of a song can be prophetic. It gives voice to the word of God to yourself. It has such an influence that when the soul sings, the spirit soars. It's an instrument of warfare we discover in scripture. It's an instrument that declares about our provision and the Lord. It speaks of God's past and God's promises, you know, of the present and future supply. The word does. It's an instrument that they use for breakthrough. If you can get somebody to sing you will start to see breakthrough happening in their life. 
It has such an amazing effect and an empowerment for the individual. The kind of song, a, a, a biblical declaration spoken out of the mouth of the believer for the purpose of making the word of God true to them. It was David that said, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How many know that's a psalm? That's part of the worship book. Speaking to us instructively. Oh, yes. God wants to, us to declare his words of life and of power, you know, from our lips. God wants it to, to, to be launched from within so that it becomes out. We will see that as we go on. So this morning, let me start with a song for yesterday. A song for yesterday. A song that can heal your past. Every one of us have a past. There are things that we regret. Those do-overs that we wish we could. Skeletons in our closet. And they rattle around. The enemy's good at rattling the skeletons in your, your closet. And when he rattles it around, one of the things that his objective is, is to bring guilt. And guilt is one of the most powerful and poisonous of all human emotions. The worst trip you will ever take is a guilt trip. A guilt trip will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and charge you more than what you want to pay. Guilt. A song for yesterday. David discovered it. And in Psalms 32, a psalm for yesterday. Blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven, to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. A song, a psalm of victory over your past. This psalm was written by David, and he's looking in the rear view, excuse me, the rear view mirror of the sin that he committed. And it was hounding him. You know the story. He committed adultery. He tried to cover it up. He had a man murdered. Mm. He needed a psalm for his yesterday, and he wrote this one. Giving us a song, blessed is the man whom the Lord forgives and does not charge his account with any iniquity. It's a psalm 
that invites you to bring your broken life to Christ, to bring your past to the Lord. And he gives us some instructions so that song can become a living thing in us. First of all, he says you need to be honest with your fault. Be honest. You see, it was not just his sin that made him miserable. It was his silence. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. David had broken the sin barrier, but he had not broken the sound barrier. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, hallelujah. What a, what a song for those skeletons of yesterday. Maybe even today or this past week, you have felt some of them rattling around. See, sin was the wound, but silence was the infection. Think about it. He said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old and groaning. Day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the draught of summer. Confession really works. And you got to get a hold of it. God honors confession. God does something about it when we confess. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You need a song of the deliverance of your yesterday so you will have a song to sing in your day, in your today. See, grace is not a license to sin, but it is a license to sing. Grace is not a license to sin, but it is a license to sing. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You don't have to be silent. You just need to tell it to God. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
there are two kinds of sorrow, or two wounds, rather, that happen. That's the wound of sorrow. There is both a godly sorrow and there is a worldly sorrow. There is a sorrow, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, that, that leads to repentance and salvation. And, you know, it does not have to be regretted, regretted regarding it, you know? You don't have to feel bad about feeling bad when it leads to open confession regarding it. The worldly sorrow is totally different. The worldly sorrow is a sorrow of self-pity. It's self-centered. And it revolves around your pain. Rather than, I've offended God. Is that making sense? Worldly sorrow has all kinds of excuses with it. Godly sorrow is against you and you only have I sinned. What? First and foremost on the list is it's against God. He had violated another man's wife. He took the life of that other man. And yet he said, my first offense was against God. Hallelujah. Don't you think lifestyles would improve if they recognized and realized that it's against God first and foremost? And not just the thing or the people involved in it. Yeah, I think they would. But the enemy wants to keep you in guilt. Guilt is like a, 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 a dirty wound. It just can't heal unless it's treated. Unless it's cleansed. The infection has to come out. And confession does that. And of course, Pastor, what are you talking about? You're talking about all saints here. Well, even saints have sins. David said, he was so honest and clear, he said, God, he said, I, I don't really want you to cleanse me of the ones that I know about. I want you to cleanse me from the ones I don't know about. <laughs> In other words, they didn't even register on my conscience scale. They didn't register. You know what I mean? In the knowledge book of my life. And yet, you know what I mean? They did to you. So a song, a song. You don't want guilt to suffocate your soul. You want to turn to God. Don't be like the first Adam. 
He tried to handle it himself. Instead of going to God, he turned and tried to cover his nakedness up with something from the garden that he was living in. Don't be like Cain. Cain just, he, he, he re, refused to try again. He got so angry. God showed him the pathway and he goes, no. He got angry. And once you confess your sin and once you come clean with God, you need to be happy with your forgiveness. Be happy with your forgiveness. Blessed or happy is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. You don't have to live in unhappiness regarding yesterday when you discover the song for your yesterday. Bless God. You know this, but I remind you today that when God empties the trash out of your life, he carries it, you know, so far away that no one can find it, at least not in his book of records. He whom the sun sets free is free in deed. Someone has coined this phrase, and it's been used quite a bit, and you'll know it. You know what I mean? When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of your of his. You remind him of his future. Yesterday's song. Yes. How about a song for today? 519 says, speaking to yourselves in hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the the Lord. When that day turns sour. See, you probably don't need a song when everything is just beautiful. But when it turns sour, you need a song. You need a psalm. And you find that psalm in Psalms chapter 3. David, the dark days had entered into his life. Everything was crumbling around him. The nation was deceived in to following Absalom. 
Absalom had rebelled against his father, who was the king, 2 Samuel 15. And David's day turned sour. And it went from, he went from being a king to being a criminal. He was ridiculed by the people around him. David looks up. Psalms 3, you, O Lord, are a shield for me. The glory and the lifter of my head. Yes, you will have foes, but God is your deliverer. It was a dark day for David. He said, I cried to the Lord with my voice. It wasn't, you know, a small incident. Something was being taken from him. When David got his song, or psalm, he said, I laid down and slept. I awoke and I was refreshed. When David got his song for today, his courage came back and his confidence came back. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. Why? Because the Lord is my shield. Glory. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David realized that there was no way that he could lose when God was on his side. If God before you, who can be against you? The importance of today's song is because it brings tomorrow's joy. The song that you have today is preparation for your future. And so let's talk about a song for tomorrow. Psalms chapter 1. God wants you successful. He wants you successful. 
Psalm 35 and 27 says, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. May the Lord sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. So it tells you that every arena of your life is to be set apart. And God wants to favor it. He does. Psalms chapter 1 says that your future is important to God. It's important to God. And so you open the book. To Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. And he in there gives some key ingredients to make sure that your song for tomorrow is just full of the blessing of the Lord. Number one, he says you need to stay away from bad company. Stay away from bad company. He gives three groups of people. He says you want to stay away from the ungodly, that skeptic, He says that, you know, that type of person is that individual who hangs out at Sin Saloon. They don't have any room for God in their lives. They doubt truth or the value of a belief in God. Their lives are polluted with sin. They actively oppose God. They're irreverent. They disregard God completely. Jesus didn't say, stay away from the world. He said, otherwise you'd have to be taken out of the world. But he said, you need to stay away from the ungodly and the skeptic. There's another class of people he said you need to stay away from. And he calls this person the sinner. Well, we use that pretty broad, don't we? But here it doesn't use it broadly. It uses it in reference to that person that is completely and totally unholy. In fact, as Jesus himself taught that, you know what I mean, if you were going to remove yourself completely, you'd have to be taken out of the world. But he's left us in the world. And he says in your song, for tomorrow will be there. 
It won't be taken away. If you stay away from those people that don't seek the mercy of God or not interested in forgiveness. And they actually give advice leading away from God. The song for tomorrow. Wonder if we got so many unhappy people because of the company they keep. The sinner that he's referring to is a person that that lives as if there is no God and it doesn't bother him at all. Last but not least, he said there's another type of person. That's the scornful or the scoffer. That is that person that openly dislikes and disrespects. And it's mixed with indignation and contempt when it comes to God. That type of person not only anticipates, but hopes for your failure. So, yeah. Your song can get taken away by wrong company. Then he goes on to say that you need to stand for God's word and you just need to stand for what's what's right. And let me conclude. Hope that wasn't too heavy. We got to get our songs back, folks. We got to help people get a song. Help people get a psalm. And then there's that song or psalm for any day. Psalms 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Oh, hallelujah. No matter what the day is. And there are a variety of them. Without a doubt, you know. That present help in the time of need. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You can join all these songs and psalms together. What a harmony in a choir begins to come from your soul.
and how powerfully it will affect. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to my God. So that others will see, will hear, and fear his name. Look at the power of a God song. It opens the ears. It begins to register in their lives. It begins to bear fruit and effectiveness. Yes. So when you're in need, when you're in trouble, when you're tempted, lift your eyes to the Lord. Because He is the strength of your life. As you stand with me today. A song for your yesterday. A song for your todays. A song for your tomorrows. And a song for every day. Because God... has a psalm for every kind of day. David said, in my distress, I cried unto the Lord. You might have not have thought about your tears and the cry of desperation being, you know, a song that gets the attention of God, but it does. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Fear. Yep. All of them. No matter the size, no matter where they come from. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Don't let life rob you of your song. Because heaven and earth may pass away, but my word shall never pass away you want to change the chaos in your life you want to change the darkness that might be covering it you go ahead and start to sing the word of the Lord and I'm not saying you got to put melody to it I'm just saying that you got to go ahead and recite it you got to read it you know what I mean? You got to memorize it. You can say it as a poem. You can have a little portion of it or, you know, a whole, whole chapters. 
because that song and that psalm, as it did in chapter one of Genesis, it will cause the darkness to have to give way to light. Somebody give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And when that begins to happen, things begin to be created that are beautiful and wonderful. It may be only day one, but be encouraged, day two is coming. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then there's day three. Oh, yes. Because God cares about your future. Hallelujah. And he wants to make your day. You've heard it. Make my day. God says, you know what? I'll make your day if you'll just go ahead and find the song for the day that you're having. Thank you, Jesus. Unlock the word for your life and you will unlock the outlook of your life. Oh, bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have any music, so. But you don't need a melody to sing the song of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you give us a song? Give us that word. Give us the light of that word for the shadows of our life, for the dark days of our life, and also for the hope of our life. And we ask it all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with God. Praise the Lord because he's running.